Alternative Radio. A kind of a pre-roll time. You know the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. And the Inked Marketing Solutions crowdfunded comic for this year episode belongs to... Oh, I'm excited about this one, people. Warlash. Cold metal mayhem i could probably stop right there right but no i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna tell you a little bit about this uh from the first off the creator frank forte from the man that has brought you such properties as i don't know like despicable me Two and uh bob's burgers which is my two-year-old's favorite thing of all time uh lovecraft country uh fantasy island solar opposites that's his like tv stuff and then he's got he's a huh, heavy metal magazine and you know he wrote some bob's burgers comics i love me some bob's burgers comics I love Bob's Burgers, people. Um, and he, he's, he's back. He's back with more. He's done a whole bunch of things, Mr. Frank Forte, but he's back with a Warlash Cold Metal Mayhem. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Warlash Cold Metal Mayhem. Uh, he well, He's an armored warrior of the apocalyptic future. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped for this, man. As soon as anything with metal in the title, I'm all about it. So uh, this issue here, it reintroduces Warlash with three tales of hard-boiled science fiction crime noir we've got kidnappings we've got mutant powers we've got i don't know sewer monsters devouring people at will um uh, it's <laughs> i don't know what to say people this just looks incredible you're gonna have to check it out for yourself you go to kickstarter to do that and uh, search warlash cold metal mayhem and it's brought to you by frank forte and illustrated by the stealthy steve mannion get on it now, people, while you still have time, proudly brought to me to bring to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast, the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 322. Throwing a bonus episode at you because there's just too many goddamn amazing creators out there to not be, uh, um, well, uh, touted. Is that the right word? I read comics. My vocabulary is not great. Um, so <laughs> I'm coming at you with uh, Carl Slominski. Carl's been on the podcast before. He teamed up with uh, his, 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 his fiance. 
um, uh, Jenna, Lynn Wright, and they, they came on to talk Cult of Icarus. Um, but Carl's back. He's got other stuff going on. Um, Cult of Icarus is still coming. It's still coming. Got the ash can since we last talked. We talk about all that great stuff, but Carl is back. Uh, he's flying solo on this next project. He's, uh, he, he's promoting here, Evermore Falls. We talked a wee bit about it, um, well, back in that other episode. Um, uh, because I've talked to him before, there is no origin story here, people. Um, it's, uh, you, you got, gotta listen to the other episode, um, we're, we're talking Evermore Falls, and, uh, that, that's what the hell's going on here, this book, this book looks amazing, I, um, and normally it's outside of the realm of what I've been into, you know, you, you, you come at something with me and, you know, use the word manga, I'm immediately gonna go, mm, I don't know, but because of, um, what I've already seen Carl produce, uh, I, I, I have my interest, and after reading, um, a good hunk of <laughs> the, this, uh, this giant story. Yeah, no, there, there, there's a reason I brought it back. It, it, it's, it's good stuff, people. So, without further ado, I bring to you um, the return of one Carl Slominski. All right, Carl, how are you, sir? Welcome back. Thanks for having me, man. How have you been? I've been well. I've been well. Um, some some things have happened since uh, since we last spoke. Um, I know I, I talked to I think you and Jenna were my first married couple, married creator or uh, engaged, or yeah, engaged. engaged. Uh, due to circumstances beyond our control globally, we have yet uh, been able to tie the knot officially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that damn uh, COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear, I hear it's gonna go away soon, just naturally, no problem whatsoever. That, that's what I hear. I don't know science <laughs> and shit, you know. <laughs> I still believe in science. Are you a science believer? Um, I, I, I have, I have a lot of faith in science. I do. I think it's a. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a thing. I think uh, it might stay around <laughs> for a while. I think we might actually teach it in schools and things. Eventually, eventually. God, I can't One wait till I start teaching shit in school again. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's pretty, you've got kids, right? I do. Oh I man. Do. So you've been like double duty on that one. Oh my God. I'm beating my head against the wall. It's to the point where I started a whole other podcast. It's about just giving me an outlet to rant and rave about shit like that. It's, 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 <laughs> it's insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, since then, um, I've actually, you know, I've, I've gotten engaged myself now. So I'm, hey, uh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Life's good, man. Life's good. I think it was you and Jenna that inspired it. I think that's what it was. Uh, we like, have that yeah. effect on a lot of people. It's either, it goes two ways. We either inspire people to make stuff and like take charge of their life or in an odd twist of events, start bizarre woodland cults. I don't know yeah. why. Uh, um, well, we're, we're talking about uh, forming a cult. We didn't think about woodland cult yet, though. We were, we were thinking. You got to get off the grid, man. You got to get off the grid, you know? You're going to start a cult. You got to have a place where, like, white robes look really, really good. Oh, yeah, see, mm, that, that's why you're the professional. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just the podcaster, man. Professional uh, occultist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you back for sure. I've got the ash can of Cult of Icarus in my hand here. I got in one of them fancy Scout subscription boxes. Um, before we get into the, the, the main subject at hand here, uh, Evermore Falls, um, uh, Cult of Icarus, where, where, where are we at on that as far as the, the production time with this? Because we got the, I was happy to see the, uh, the ash can. So that tells me it's coming. 
Oh, it's coming. It's like everybody's anticipating it like Christmas Eve right now. Uh, right now, as far as I know, it's coming out in October. Nice. Uh, just in time for Hollow's Ween. And uh, I'm actually almost done with the third issue. On to the last issue. Oh, dude, you are in for a, a treat. It's going to be a blast. Oh, I'm excited. I just went through and flipped open the ash can. I know there's a lot of collectors going, you're not supposed to open those things, but I want to know, man. You know, I, I talk to you guys. I, I have the, I, you know, I got, I got, I know a little bit more than some, um, well, no more than anybody that's actually listened to that podcast, but, uh, still. <laughs> <laughs> I made everyone listen to us so they could pay attention. I should start like dropping breadcrumbs along the way. You, you know, you want to know something. I can say this with all honesty. My, lo- my most listened to and downloaded episode was your guys's episode. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass to this day. Um, Cult of Icarus is my most downloaded episode. So, oh, well, that's great to know. It's you yeah. bring the charm, I can't help it. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, man, is the, the, the dynamic between you two it's 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 incredible, it's unmatchable. Um, it's, I will take unmatchable and I will never tell Jenna because then it'll go to her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't have that. We can't, have no, that. no, no, she's already a screenwriter, she's got that ego. Ah, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, well, you, you have since you, you've uh, branched off creatively. You know, we talked about you doing things, you know, once you work together with your spouse, are you, uh, you know, just stuck working with only your spouse? You know, I think that's a, you know, something that I would always fear, you know, to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, once, uh, I don't know, but you two have clearly decided that it's perfectly okay to go off and make fun new things and we, we we talked about evermore falls on the the last podcast you teased me with it did we did we touched on it briefly i you know what it was done then and it's done now that thing's been done for so long it was just a matter of biting the bullet and just being like okay this is what we're doing with it yeah um did you always know you're gonna go to kickstarter with it no actually this project has a very unique and uh troubling backstory if you will indulge me Oh, well, by all means. So uh, a while back, I want to say, geez, for us, it's like two apartments ago. Because when you get to be at our age, which is (laughs) years old, uh, you tend to start measuring time by apartments and or cities that you live. And uh, I was just wrapping up work uh, doing concept artwork for a film called The Mortuary Collection, which is now on Shudder. Uh, don't bother looking for my name in the credits because it's not there. But uh, I did a bunch of stuff for that, and it was a lot of fun because it was like Halloweeny and uh, ghosts, goblins, monsters, and stuff like that. And people started to really gravitate towards me doing that sort of thing. They either like me doing like Gonzo Bananas space science fiction stuff or like creepy crawlies, which I like both, so it's no hardship. Mm-hmm. So I started coming up with the story of Evermore Falls, which is about two young adventurer kids, and this is pre-Stranger Things, uh, finding a magical book that basically is a map to a hidden world where monsters live in secret and chaos ensues. Uh, But I drew the book over the course of two years, and I sat on it for a while, and it eventually got me an agent at a very reputable lit agency because it started to look like the kind of thing that an all agents audience would kind of appreciate in the book department of things. And at the time, the YA all ages graphic novel market was booming. Mm. And uh, frankly, my whole goal in life is to get more people to read comics. And if I can get them when they're young, 
Well, that's Candyland as far as I'm concerned. Yep. So my lovely agent went out with this to so many publishers. We're talking well into the low end of the hundreds. And the general consensus was the art is great. The story is great. But kid stuff needs to be dumber. Mm. Just okay. let's just let that sink in for a second. Yeah, dumber. Uh, the the like th those were their exact that that was the word they used was dumber. I got a myriad of responses back that made me question my faith in humanity on the worst days because there was your comics look too much like comics, which hmm. you're making comics. Uh, another one was the art is too detailed for children. See Captain Underpants. And oh no, come on no discrediting captain underpants but i mean those are very those are basically a step up from cave paintings right uh, one of my favorite things was we would publish this if it had a movie deal and oh uh, come on uh which i mean that's chicken egg situation because you know a lot of movies are based on comics now but you have to have the comic first to make the movie but little do people know that it actually is almost working parallel now Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was a frustrating and grueling process. And as a creator, the immediacy of comics is kind of the best part of them because you can draw a book and print a book and get that book into people's hands in a very quick turnaround and sitting and waiting for two years while people who have lesser understanding of what makes comics so awesome. Tell me how my comic was close, but not dumb enough for children. Oof. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I just said, uh, well, I guess, I guess we'll go out on our own with this. So that's how I got to Kickstarter. Long-winded explanation. Well, no, I, honestly, I, 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 as, as rough as that story is, man, um, I, it's probably for the best that people, you know, were just ridiculously ignorant to what the hell a comic book is. Oh, truly. Um, because now, now that you're at Kickstarter, you're not going to have any of these, these corporate whatever, um, messing with your anything. Because this is this is what it should be. This that's the thing is uh, when something, uh, oftentimes is uh, all ages, you know. I I automatically kind of look at it. Oh, it's a kids' book. You know, that's just where my brain goes. Uh, right. Because uh, you know, it's if it's meant to attract kids then it's yeah going to be childish uh you know from, you know even the art but with this that i mean i i don't understand why they have to do you know uh, make the art look simplistic and dumb and all of that for it to to classify as a children's book at the same I time always, i found it surprising too because like when i was a youngster me many many years ago in the jurassic period um Comics were kind of made for a general audience. Like if you were a kid, you read Spider-Man, but adults also read Spider-Man. It was just Spider-Man. You read the same exact book, whether you were, you know, six or 60. And I mean, I grew up reading Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, X-Men, just the same as, you know, the older Wednesday Warriors were. It, and it just, it made no sense to me. It's like a whole generation of kids are getting watered down simplistic stuff that i don't think is inspiring to any youngster that's wanting to make something right and I, I i think that's important that you say that it's not inspiring 
this this right here, you know, a, a, a young reader and and an adult for that matter. I mean, I'm someone like I said, I go on to the skeptical. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> this this is very much something that I would enjoy reading alongside uh, my six year old, not to her with her. And exactly. it's ah man, um, because it, it's not dull and cartoony and uh, dumb. You know, the, 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 the art on this, it's, it's exactly what it needs to be. It's fun. It's, you know, it's exaggerated in a sense that it's going to draw a kid's eye. And I personally love exaggerated art. Um, I, I, I prefer this type of style, like Rob Guillory to me, I think he's the greatest comic book artist of all time. You know, he's not a, a (laughs) yeah, man, absolutely. And I look at stuff like this and, you know, these are the types of faces I want to see in comics. No, it's I, funny too. I made a deliberate decision to draw it a little bit more whimsically than I normally do. Like you've seen Cult of Icarus. That's a little bit more straightforward comics, but mm-hmm. uh, Evermore Falls, the way it's paced, the way it's going to be formatted in the final book and all that, it was very specifically made to be more almost like a manga in presentation because of the fact that like kids eat that up. Like manga sales are beating American comics eight to one for a very specific reason. They're yeah. paced out deliberately to be enjoyed page by page, as opposed to like one sitting, 22 pages, you're done in five minutes. Right. Yeah, no, you, and you're right about that. Um, uh, 100%, I, I could totally see that draw. And I'm somebody that doesn't particularly enjoy manga, but I could oh, actually- You just haven't found the right stuff, man. Trust me, I used to be the same way. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a list of stuff that I need to look at. I, I've, I've got people trying to convince me for sure. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. I, I don't, I don't discredit it at all. It's just, I don't know. I like reading left to right, I guess it's, <laughs> I'm simple in that way. But, um, with this, I, 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 I could see how a kid would be attracted to that. You know, I, I kind of get a manga type of style, but as somebody like myself that doesn't particularly normally enjoy that, I don't see that. You know, I look past all of that. To me, I see just a, a more exaggerated type of stuff. I mean, we're dealing with fucking monsters here. I mean, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> I mean, what is there to really compare it to? They're, they're all cartoons. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. But as far as, you know, our main characters go, the, the, they're not, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a Hey Arnold type of sense where you're not looking at them going, oh, that's completely stupid. You know, or, or I don't know. It's the, 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 the head shapes and all of that, it's not hyper-exaggerated. It's fun. Yeah, um, it's more expressive rather than deliberate. Yes, yes. Uh, and I feel I, like that's something that has a lot to do with, like, Saturday morning cartoons. Because all those, mm. like, I just saw the new designs for the Rugrats, and they're trying to make them look super realistic. I'm like, that's that right? fuel. I don't <laughs> It's terrifying. <laughs> oh, man, nobody but wants like that. But, like, that 2D flat animation with all the exaggerated features and all that, like, that's total kid stuff right there. And I think that might be part of my attraction to this, too, is, you know, I, I, I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons. That's my whole thing. And uh, I don't know. I guess that, that's kind of the vibe I get from this now that you, you, you mention it. And uh, so I, I have that sense of nostalgia to bring it into it. I'll tell you, as soon as, as, soon as Clem pops up in this book, that's that's when everything, you know. For you're gonna the listener, they're gonna read it eventually. Just Clem, he's he's our first little monster that pops up, and his his appearance, it's it's great. It, it, it's what turns this book in the direction that it just kind of stays in from 
I mean, at least from what I've read, I, I can say that I haven't read all 230 pages yet. Uh, I didn't realize this thing was that big. You, you know, you open up, uh, I, I read my preview stuff right before the interview. I saw this, I was like, oh shit, there's no way I'm reading 230 pages in the next hour. Uh, but from what I've got through, I mean, it's, huh, it, it stays in that, that general fun direction and it still has a kind of a horror type of vibe to it as well. You know, it's, it's, it's an all ages kind of fun horror story in a way. I dig it, man. Yeah. The, uh, the original idea for this when I first started was uh night breed for kids. And if you uh-huh. haven't seen Nightbreed, I highly recommend it because it's basically the same premise. It's uh a hidden land where monsters live. <laughs> Only that's by Clive Barker. <laughs> oh, uh, mine's the more Jim Henson approach. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get the Clive Barker from. Uh... <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to show my kids Clive Barker yet. We'll um, save that one for Icarus. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll grow into that. Um, by the way, it's, it compliments on the the completely different. Uh, styles of art that you're you're capable of throwing down man you would not know that it's the it's the same person that did icarus and uh evermore i mean it's it's, oh it takes a keen eye for sure yeah yeah i feel like there's a lot of like left brain right brain going on there and i've got even a completely different style on another book i'm working on right now where it's all very uh fine art inspired Wow, I'm a man of many hats. I have multiple hats to wear. uh, Clearly, clearly, you know, most people spend a lifetime honing in one style, but you you've got several styles that you're, you know, I mean, you're, you, I I I don't even want to say honing in. I mean, it's 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 there. It's uh, and yet they all feel uniquely me. (laughs) Right? Yeah, man. Ah. I dig it. So uh, what made you go for, I mean, well, I guess this was before Icarus, you said, right? Evermore? Yeah. Yeah. So, so was this which the, the, the type of style you originally started drawing in or what, what, what came first? Uh, frankly, I think at the time I was doing this prior to starting the first issue of Icarus. So I think I, I just finished up my last creator on book teeter topple which has a lot of painting and stylistic changes and like this was very much a planned move to do something a little bit more whimsical a little bit more loose and uh just kid friendly and i was drawing like that for so long it probably somehow slipped into my icarus stuff because my line is so much more crisp and clean in icarus as a complete default from the other it's I don't know if it was unintentional, but uh, it sure looks like it. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I, either way, I, I don't know where it comes from. I, I, I really don't. Uh, but I'm <laughs> I, I, I like I, I like the variety, man. I do. It's cool knowing that we can open up uh, any Slominski book and just go, whoop, I wonder what this one's going to look like. I mean, you're never <laughs> going to be disappointed, but uh, it's I dig it, man. I, I really I'm truly do. flattered by that analysis too. <laughs> well, I, I just mean, appreciate I, like come to a Carl book not knowing what you're going to get, but knowing that you're going to get a good story. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm looking at Icarus and I'm looking at this, and it's so different. I don't know it's if it has something to do with the color, or you know, and you know the the absence of color and Evermore, but it 
ah, man, it, it just, it all works. Whatever you decide to do just works. Uh, normally I would think that, you know, Evermore here, the, the, uh, it would seem like you go into an all ages book and you expect bright, vivid colors when you're de dealing with monsters and stuff, but you manage to, to make the characters the, the bright part of the book. You know, the, they are the ones that stand out. You don't need colors to pop and everything. You, you understand, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, my, I have a hard time um, uh, deriving line work uh, in colorless comics, but not one time ever did I have to stop and squint and try to figure out what the hell I was looking at. Uh, it's, it, it just, it, it works very well. Thanks, um, man. I think uh, a lot of that comes from understanding values and camera placement as far as like how you're laying out the page mm. i have a very filmic eye when it comes to storytelling and that seems to be something that sways my decision making as far as like what i can do with say grays and line art versus like full color rendering and oftentimes that's the thing that subconsciously to a reader like will separate the difference between like seeing amateur work versus like honed professional work there's something always close, but not exactly. And uh, I see that in a lot of modern comics, to be completely honest. There's a lot of basic fundamentals there, but they'll be lacking storytelling completely, or they'll have storytelling completely, or their execution somehow detracts from that. It's like if you go back and you read those comics from the 90s with that early computer coloring, you're like, oh my God, this takes away from the story so much because you're focusing on, you know, Claris Works 2.0. Mm, yeah. And it's just, it's very rough and jarring to the eye. I also have a tendency to think about what the product is going to look like at the very end. Each book has a very specific um, formula to it as far as how I envision it. I think immediately with a book like Icarus, that was very meant to be a monthly book on the shelves. And with Evermore Falls, from the jump, I was saying, you know, this is my manga format book. So it's going to be printed on this paper and it's going to be this size. And I don't know a lot of creators that put that much time and thought into the final format because it does have a huge impact on how you, the reader, experience a story. You know, it comes down to every little thing from just the tactile sense of the paper to the finish of the cover to how the color or the liner is processed. It's, uh, man, I go all in when I start to think about these things things in their final form it clearly looks like there's plenty of thought that goes into this none of this looks like it was just thrown together um it's it, it, it's so well put together man um so when you're putting together a 230 page graphic novel uh the process behind this as somebody that's writing and uh drawing it what i mean do you uh, knock out a couple of i mean do you knock out a chunk of script and then start drawing or do you make sure that the script is completely finished and perfect before you even pick up pen to start inking? Uh, a lot of this was kind of on the fly. I had like a loose outline that basically gave me where things start, where things wind up and where they end. And okay. while I was basically drawing it, I would be writing it as well. Like there were some scenes where I had very specific details that I had to get out, but, um, for the most part, it was a very organic process because a lot of the dialogue changed by the time I got around to lettering it. But um, I feel like placeholder dialogue only works when you're the sole creator. Cause I know that sometimes writers in mainstream comics will have 
placeholder dialogue and then they have to go back and change things based on the art and what have you but i feel like it's so much easier when you're the only one running the show to just be like okay so yeah okay he'll say this bit here and blah 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 and then when you're done you go back and finesse it um and that was kind of the process for this it was very tangible throughout i didn't really have a strict script to stick to say that five times fast and (laughs) it was it was really it was fluid in a sense because the book was kind of growing with me i knew two things i knew they were going to find a book there'd be these creatures that would show up and then the very end would end with monsters taking over the town and crazy jam-packed action (laughs) gotcha i dig it man i dig it did you ever find yourself you know having to go back and while you're uh, you know, refining dialogue, um, having to realize that, okay, this needs to change so drastically to where you have to scrap the art at all. Have you, did you find uh, yourself in that position? I did. I actually had like one or two scenes that I cut um, just because they kind of took away from the plot. <laughs> Cause I will go off in tangents if I'm working that way. And uh, it was one of those things where I was like, if I left that in, it might impact the ending. So I was like, take that out, streamline that. And, you know, it's kind of like filmmakers on the cutting room floor. If it doesn't make the the movie more succinct and uh, free flowing, it's just not worth it. Anything that takes away from the end game, basically trim it down or lose it entirely. But I only had about two or three instances of that. I usually know exactly what I'm gonna do as far as the story is concerned. It's when I dovetail that you're like, oh, he's he's floundering again. He's getting too into his stuff. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. That's why yeah. I try not to do any big space stuff yet because I'm like, oh man, the second I start drawing those spaceships, it's gonna be just a book of double page spreads. Forget about it. Right, right. <laughs> uh, see, I'm 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 glad you you mentioned this. I, I love talking to you know the, the the creators that could do it all, right and draw their own project, and I. I've always wondered, you know, every creator has their own process and I don't know, I just find it fascinating. I mean, for one, just to be able to write a comic or draw a comic, but you know, I feel like when you have that other half, you know, you got somebody to bounce stuff off of when it's just you, I can't imagine how stressful it is constantly second guessing things without somebody. I don't know, man, I, I admire the hell out of it. And then having to go through and realize, Oh shit, I got to change out this, this, page completely that i just spent all of this time drawing and ah oh, man the admiration that i have for <laughs> the, the the capabilities that you possess it's uh thank you sir i uh, i will let you in on a little secret it's actually less stressful to be your own boss <laughs> because well, uh as i've experienced in the past the more people involved in the project whether it be you know the writer the letterer, the colorist the inker the editor the publisher it's a lot of opinions, man. Not everyone's got a good opinion. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I run two solo podcasts. I, I have nobody. I mean, it's, it, it's just me. But I mean, I'm not creating a fucking story for the ages. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have the type of pressure that, you know, someone, you know, what you're creating. It's just, it's so far beyond a, a silly little internet show, man. It's, it, so it's. I don't. Know, I look at it on a whole different level. I I put it on a pedestal for sure. Thank you, but sir. But to know, to to know, and a lot of reason I do these these interviews. It's not just for my own selfish knowledge. It's for aspiring creators out there that listen to this show. 
Um, and, you know, they're, they're taking notes right now. And I mean, it's, that, that is good to know that it is less stressful to create a comic by yourself because of, you know, the fewer the people, the fewer the opinions, like you just said. Um, I, no, I, I, I kind of live by that. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever decided to create a comic, I guess I have those wise words to, to have in the back of it's my head. A- it's an earned lesson to realize, especially with Evermore Falls, because it's going to directly affect everything else coming out after that. The less people telling you no, the more you can just say yes for yourself. And if I can give any nugget of wisdom to a young creator, it's don't doubt your abilities if you have them. Always be open to learning more and just do the thing that you think is the best thing you can do. If that means alone, if that means with someone else, good. But if you get to that point where you're like, I don't know, I don't think that really clicks with this and this. That's the second you realize that you're a self-owned creator. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Right on. Awesome, man. These I, little I, nuggets of wisdom. I'm just showing them out there. Yeah, well, it's necessary. It's needed. It's appreciated. I could tell you that ahead of time. It's I'm starting to feel like an elderly scholar now. Well, um, that's, well, that's, that's what you are. That's, that's what, I mean, that's how all of the creators that get cornered on this show are supposed to be perceived. You know, they're supposed to be our, our, uh, you know, the people that we look up to, you know, the ones that we seek wisdom from. So it's appreciated. And you have, I mean, you, you've got the work to show that you, you, you know what the hell you're doing, you know, as soon as, well, I'm telling you that it's working. As soon as yes. Cult of Icarus, Icarus hits shelves from Scout, I mean, it's it, it, it's just getting started, man. And then uh, Evermore Falls, as soon as people, uh, the, it arrives through Kickstarter, I I don't know, man. Do you have, I mean, after going through the hell that you did with trying to, to push this book, once it gets funded, are you going to be, are you going to take that and say, you know, look now, bitch, and go up to Vault or scout or whoever and <laughs> to buy my book i mean or, or are you just gonna you know be perfectly happy with it being a kickstarter book you know i gotta be honest i think for a long time there was a bit of a stigma attached to having the kickstarter book but uh lockdown and diamond nearly shitting the bed definitely helped push that inclination away so i think it's it's just a new facet of indie books as far as i'm concerned Whether oh yeah no it's just another publisher for sure I, I, yeah. I don't look at it as any lesser form of uh distribution in any way shape or form if anything um i, I kind of admire it the most because of the shit that you guys have to go through for you know typically 30 days you have to whore yourselves out on the internet for 30 days and and i'm not an internet and, person it's yeah. terrible yeah, it makes it difficult, man. It is. It's it's uh I was gonna say as far as the long game is concerned, I'm really just enjoying the stretch. I mean, we're already fully funded, so everything else after this is kind of just following the yellow brick road. And uh I'm enjoying the ride. It's it's a learning experience. Uh it's shown me that I actually have people that dig my work and more than I expected. Um but as far as like another publisher and all that is concerned, I, it all depends on the circumstances. Gotcha. Gotcha. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the book that I'm putting out is going to be exactly the way I envisioned it. It's going to have the tone paper that I want. It's going to have the binding that I want. It's going to feel great in your hands. I'm going to have boxes of them taking up space in our living room. Like that's the dream right there, baby. Yes. Yes. I love it, man. A man that knows what he wants and he's going to going to make sure he gets it too. Not gonna oh, yeah. Bow down to any... 
<laughs> I love it. I love we'll it. bust in the diamond like the last scene in Heat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. If if Diamond's even still kicking at that point. It could be Penguin at that point. Who knows? Um, Whoever uh, now yeah. owns all of comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, what a time it is. What a crazy time. I couldn't imagine being a creator right now, just going, who the hell is going to ship my book? <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to be honest. It's probably been one of the most tumultuous times to be a creator. And I genuinely don't know what the majority of publishers are doing. There's a lot of like rampant trend chasing and a lot of like, it looks like looting season in comics right now, I feel like. And this is just a personal opinion. I don't want anyone to bark back at me, but like there's a lot of stuff coming up. You're like, really? That book? Okay. You sure? Yep. And then, or you have companies that are like shouting it from the rooftops for publica style, telling me that this is the next greatest book. And then by the second month solicit, it's already in the back of previews. Like, did you just forget about the book that was going to quote unquote change the industry? Yes. Like I call that the Donny Cates effect. Ah, all shade intended. Well, <laughs> there, there's, there. I mean, there, he definitely has his, uh, his. Um, well, I don't want to say haters because I don't think haters is the right word. But uh, oh, I'm he, not even a hater. I just think uh, people off you get to a place where you're flying so close to the sun. Eventually, uh, you're gonna have to land in the back pages of previews after the second month solicit. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I- there isn't much momentum in this industry. Like you can talk a really, really good game before your book comes out, but the inherent need to continue talking about your book and you know making sure that people keep coming back—it's a lot of trade waiting now a lot of people are writing for the trades so Mm. where are those cliffhangers where is that next monumental thing where it's just it's a whole different shift in how writing is done in comics and how promoting is done in comics and half of the reason why this is here is because of the you know penetration (laughs) of film and tv into comics it used to be so separated and now that the two of them are so reliant on each other there is so much just ass backwards thinking like who put this book out oh this company did why well because they have a backdoor deal with this movie production company oh and then two weeks later there's a thr article about it and you're like oh wow i can't believe that happened so fast like no it didn't happen fast it was planned that wasn't a comic first that was a movie someone spec just got retroactively made and that happens a lot Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And then, I mean, it, it works in the, the opposite effect as well, too, where, you know, I mean, everybody and their mother's just anticipating this big thing because of all the hype that goes into a, a book. And then um, everybody just continues to like, well, I mean, at this point, like you said, just kind of trade weight, you know, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for that big, huge thing that's supposed to happen. All oh, of yeah. the ingredients are there. and We're just kind of waiting. And yeah, no, it, it's, it makes it difficult for sure. Um, as, as readers, as new people trying to get into this, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, I, I can't imagine right getting into comics right now because there's just so much and it, it, you don't, I mean, everything is just thrown in your face now and you don't know what, what's, what's good. What's not just because I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, this is just, this is what I do is talk about this shit. So it's, <laughs> I, I, 
I live. I this feel like every it's day. also it's an odd reflection of where we are culturally, especially in the Western world. Since everything's happening all at once, there is no future and there is no past. It's just here now, all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to an outside observer, you'll look at comics and you'll just be like, "Well, there's 60 years of continuity, but also there's this new thing coming out." <laughs> <laughs> and yep. it's like of course it's impenetrable who wants to read 800 things to know one thing like i'm sure <laughs> good luck yeah that's why it is so much easier to like recommend an image book or like hand someone the trade of watchmen and be like this is great because and they're like oh yeah i get it i read that whole thing it was good yeah yeah no i'm i'm i'm, I'm there with you man it's uh, uh, but you you seem to have it all figured out you're going to give us what we want. We're not going to have anything to bitch about. Um, Because you're never going to get me dealing with continuity. I will always give you a single serving story. (laughs) A wise man. It's a wise move. Uh, I I, I, I appreciate it. I do. Um, Well, uh, how long is uh, 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 Evermore Falls on Kickstarter? Uh, When's that end? Let's see. I think it ends on sunday june 27th if memory serves right on so oh, you got a ways to go and you're already way funded look at oh, you oh yeah i'm basically on a beach vacation right now sipping my ties <laughs> right 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 I don't, that's how go. I don't even know how that works i'll go for a margarita instead oh that's awesome man that's awesome. yeah it's been kind of astounding and uh i initially didn't have international shipping because i didn't think that people would pay for the shipping since it's so ridiculous. And I had so many people come out of the woodwork and be like, Hey, I live in Germany or I live in France or I live in Ireland. And I'm like, Oh, I have an international fan base now. And then man, you want to feel humbled. (laughs) I don't know how my work got that far, but that is, you work to reckon with that one and accommodate as much as you can. And I have, and it's been so rewarding. Uh, Man, that's, that's, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, being a new creator and then having the internet demand more from you. <laughs> yeah, sure, you're welcome. <laughs> got to be amazing. Got to feel. Amazing. I'm not gonna argue with it. It's a really nice low-level high all the time when you know that someone wants to read what you're working on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's so awesome, man. I'm looking at the Kickstarter here and. Uh, um, Jesus, I'm looking at the binding on all of this. This is this is a big, thick, healthy book. I mean, 230 pages. You got to expect, but then seeing it, ah, uh, oh, man. Oh, I'm excited. Trust me, I've always wanted to have a tome. Right. Anything right? you can throw across the room in anger and it like makes a thunk sound, that'll be the book. Ah. Uh man because you're angry it's finished not because you were angry at the book <laughs> good point yeah you gotta you gotta clarify that um so uh any uh stretch goals on this uh i actually haven't considered anything yet i've tried to run like a really lean campaign and i feel like this is just my personal opinion i'm just a little tired of the tchotchke i feel like okay. so many of these kickstarters get funded with like little fiddlesticks here and there like oh a pin tier a five postcard set a sticker like mm-hmm. okay cool you you just backed a campaign with a thing that you will lose in a year that sounds cool mm-hmm. i'm i'm here to make lasting memories man i'm not fleeting i like that 
Get the I book. Like that. Love the book. Put it on your shelf. It looks great next to your favorite whatever. You can put it between War and Peace and uh, your favorite Hunter S. Thompson. It's yeah, that sure. literary. Enjoy. <laughs> I vouch for it. I vouch See? for it. See? Well, well, I'll just put that on the cover of the book. I vouch for it. Brian choose to come. Uh, yeah, you could use that. You could use that. Uh, it's it's a project we love too on Kickstarter. So that's that's big, man. That's big. I, I had no idea that was like a major thing. They were just like, yeah, by the way, second day. Okay, cool. And I'm sure that's all just the algorithm and all that. But I'd like to think that uh, the Kickstarter headquarters, they all sat down and they were just like, how about this Carl guy? And they were like, dude, Carl is great. But, yeah. Like, more but... Kickstarters from Carl, right? And like the whole audience was like, hurrum, 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 hurrum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Carl. Uh, and the one guy that was like, he's a jackass. They were just like, take him out. Security? Security? Uh, yeah, I was I was like delivering food into one of those meetings one time. And I walked in there and uh, that's exactly how it works. See? That's exactly how it works. So. I'm I've been in those big offices, man. All they do is talk about how great Carl is. <laughs> I feel like if I put this out into the universe a little bit more, everyone's gonna be like, you know what? He's got a point. <laughs> I, I I I chuckle because that's how it works. The, the, that's, it's true. That's a, I mean, that is that's that's how self marketing works. You just it's it's wise, man. You're a wise man. I, I like try. This. It's just, I'm just one with the universe and I believe in self-actualization. And if that means me in a boardroom of people, sure. Why not? I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to, to jump the gun or anything, but you know, we're, jump, we're, jump that gun. What's next for Carl? You know, oh, Evermore is done. You're not working on Evermore anymore. You're just waiting for the money to come in. So you could tell the printer people to make the book. You know, uh, it's, uh, we're, we're culture vicarious, you know, you're, you're, uh, you said you're working on issue three right now as we speak. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, so I guess that's the thing that you're working on. That's the thing uh, that I'm working on on the desk. Um, I think that's the only thing I've really spoken of. All right. Well, I've got, uh, I've got two other things that I mentioned on the Kickstarter too, because if I do make anything over, it's going to go directly into making more stuff. Uh, and the first thing is about halfway done. It's another long guy. It's called The Last Watchtower. Huh. And it is a uh, kind of a space drama about a guy that is on an outpost on the moon, just him all alone. And uh, he's there as part of a insurance company that monitors all man-made and natural disasters on Earth. Wow. All right. It's a very oh, uh, interesting very much inspired by Terry Gilliam's Brazil and uh, Solaris. So it's very uh, isolated and pensive. And uh, if you can't tell, I started doing it in the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> huh. right. uh, but I did that as a challenge to myself. I, I needed some direction in those early days of the panic setting in and the toilet paper not being available. I, I was waking up very specifically to draw a page of that freehand, no plan, just put the boxes, fill them with the story and let the story guide you to where it is. And it's been the most freeing and ridiculous project I've ever done because it's the most like left side of brain cohesiveness I can ever imagine. I, it's, it's just free form comics. It's like jazz. Okay. I dig it. Uh, I, it's I, very I, experimental, but it's also very well-drawn surprisingly for all being done with like a pen. Wow. I wow. did it. 
Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to shortchange you guys. I really want you to see something different every time. That's so cool. And, and you're doing all of this on your own again. This is oh, yes. The majority of my output now is just me. I made an exception for the wife, man. You got to make an exception for the wife. <laughs> I dig that, man. I mean, I, I, uh, my, my, my favorites are like, I mean, Rob Guillory now. He pretty much just works on his own. Daniel Warren Johnson, you know, he's just, he doesn't do it unless he can write it and draw it. Uh, it's, uh, what a lovely man. He's like, you ever see those people and you're just like, how did he get to be a thing? Daniel Warren Johnson, you see him, you hear him talk, you interact with him, and you're just like, He's the sweetest guy. Of course he's successful. Nobody hates him. Yeah. Uh, he's, Me, he, I'll have detractors. I don't mind that. I don't feel like you've truly made it until someone wants to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying to piss people off. It's just not fucking working. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad thing when you're, when you're so public and got to be the host of a show. Man, I think likability is a, a, almost an important factor. Well, that's what they say. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of jerks too, so I don't know. <laughs> See that 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 was the angle I was going for originally, but I don't think I have it in me when it comes down to it. Um, <laughs> the secret files, choose to comic secret files, right, right, all coming out now. Here we are on the Carl Slaminski return episode. Um, man, this is it, it's been a pleasure again. Uh, two times now, two times it's been a pleasure. So I think it's safe to say that that first one was not a fluke. Um, no. you you are in fact a, a legitimate comic book creator. That's also an incredibly uh, entertaining podcast guest as well. So uh, I thank you for your time, Carl. This this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Brian. I always like coming out and chatting with you because you're one of my favorites as well. No smoke. Right on, man. I, I really do appreciate it. You, it means a lot because, I mean, uh, you, comic creators, they're, they're my favorite people on the planet. They make the thing that gives me, um, well, uh, something to aspire towards. And so getting to talk with creators of all calibers, it, it, it's, it's all the same level of giddiness for me. You know, it's, I, have, I have a lot of fun doing this. So this is, this is one that I'm going to look forward to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to say this preemptively, but I look forward to part three. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know that you're not stopping, man. And we, we could definitely talk about, uh, what was it? The last watchtower. Yes, sir. I'm looking at the cover of that and it's just, it's gorgeous. Just that cover. I, hmm. Oh, it's just a title treatment. Where oh, do you man. see the insides? I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. Soon enough though. Soon enough. I'd imagine. Um, oh, for I, sure. I'm unstoppable, man. I love it. <laughs> Anything to keep it. me off the streets. Oh man. That's, oh, that's the, that's what I want to hear, man. I, I, I want to hear a confident creator. I want to hear a creator that, I mean, everything that you just said, like the, all of that, that that's, that's what I want to hear coming out of my, my, uh, my people's mouths. It's, mm. it's good stuff. Um, I, once again, I, don't stop though. Don't stop creating. I know you're not, um, I'd stay safe, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon, brother. Definitely, man. It's always a pleasure. Take care. Yes, sir. Cheers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Well, there you have it. Episode 322 in the books. Um, I, like I said, these creators keep creating. I'm going to keep putting out the, uh, the the content. Bonus episodes or whatever. If I could fit it, I'm going to try to make it happen. Um, with that being said, I am, I'm, I'm, I am so booked. I'm booked, I think, all the way through July now. So if you're a creator out there listening, trying to get on the podcast, um, you know, I recommend that you do uh, reach out as soon as possible, especially if it's a Kickstarter type of thing. Um, you, you gotta give me all types of notice, people, because uh, I'm I'm grateful to say that oh, there's a lot of people that want to come on this show. So there's, whew, many more to come, many more to come, and I'm sure there's gonna be many more bonus episodes. As a matter of fact, I, uh, well, like I said, I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> all right, people, thank you so much as always for tuning in. The uh, the book is Evermore Falls on Kickstarter now. It's a Kickstarter project we love um, because, well, quite naturally, right? Right? God damn. It, it's it's, it's going to be amazing, people. So get on this book now while you still can on Kickstarter. There's still a few days left to go. Um, be a part of the many, 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 many backers that have already shown their faith in this book. Um, and while you're out there doing nice things, remember to leave those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Um, follow all of the other podcasts on the hashtag Apocalypse list. Um, follow at a Podalypse group on Twitter um, for the just all of the best podcast recommendations. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got this time, people. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember, Back Evermore Falls on Kickstarter now. I'll talk to you. Well, next time there's things about comics to talk about. In the meantime, I command that you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning, Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. I got the real brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.